We'll be singing a song of encouragement uh, briefly in a few moments to encourage those who have not obeyed the gospel to do so. But before we sing that song, I'd like for us to direct our minds toward a passage that's found in the ninth chapter of the book of Luke, verse 23, where Jesus addresses three requirements of discipleship. This will be both an invitation to those who have never obeyed the gospel, things to consider that are required of those who would be disciples of Jesus, but also it's going to be a lesson of encouragement to those of us who have obeyed the gospel to think about the commitment that we made, the agreement, the covenant into which we entered with the Lord when we became baptized believers. Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, that's an invitation. If you want to be a follower of mine, these are things that you must do. He says first that you must deny yourself. Now these are simple statements. There's nothing that's complicated about the language. We do not have to necessarily go to other passages of Scripture to understand what it is that he's saying. But these are not easy. Religion aside, denying yourself is difficult. It's not something that comes to us naturally. Because there is within us this, this survival instinct. And sometimes that brings us into conflict with what the Lord would require of us. And I believe there's a reason for that. And I believe the reason is that God is looking for commitment. He wants us to go through a mental process and at the end of that, show by our behavior and the decisions that we make that we really want to be disciples. When Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he left no room for putting everything, anything other than everything in the hands of God. Everything is to be subordinate in one's life to putting God's kingdom first. When you become a child of God, you make a decision that my life is no longer mine. I have a master. I not only have a Lord, I not only now have a Messiah, a Savior, but I also have a master. And I will submit my will to his will. And that's going to affect my life, not just in making the decision. As I become a member of a spiritual family, it's going to affect the way that I interact with others. Those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. In Romans chapter 15, in verse 1, Paul wrote to the church at Rome, Rome, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. You see, I can't say that I'm a strong disciple if I'm never thinking about those who are weak. 
If I'm always just concerned mainly with my business, with my life, with my situation, when Jesus said, if anyone would come after me or wishes to come after me, I've got to go back to this first step. Each of us, Romans 15 verse 2, is to please his neighbor for his good. That requires the denial of myself to his edification. And then he sets Jesus as the example. And he's the one that we're following when we become children of God. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. When you consider the totality of Jesus' life and you understand that being a disciple is being a follower, then you shouldn't be surprised that to be a follower, to go after Christ, involves the denial of self because that's what he did. Who was he thinking about when he went to the cross? Well, he was, he was thinking about the, the, the accomplishment of his Father's will, but ultimately the accomplishment of his Father's will was aimed at the salvation of mankind. He knew it wouldn't be possible unless he denied himself. And that sinks very well, doesn't it, with Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 beginning, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. You see, when you're, you're a disciple, when you become a disciple, you're now thinking about others. You're thinking about your spiritual family. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. That's what it means to deny yourself. It means to empty yourself for the cause of Christ and for the, ben the benefit of others. Taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. If I'm going to follow him, I'm going to have to be like him. The second thing that Jesus said, you have to carry your cross. These don't get easier. I don't know that they fully understood what that meant until after they saw him carrying his cross. And it wasn't just the physical act. It was everything that was associated, everything that that cross signified. It was an instrument of punishment. And it was an instrument of, of punishment that carried with it suffering, shame, and humiliation. And Jesus said, if you wish to come after me, you must take up your cross and you must do it daily. It, it's not just Sunday. It's not just Wednesday. You must carry that cross daily. As I consider the writings of the Apostle Paul, I see one who understood this. Paul wrote of himself in Galatians, the second chapter, I have been crucified with Christ. Crucifixion. There was a cross. 
It's no longer I who live. I've denied myself. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. He was following Jesus because of what Jesus did for him. He was willing to bear that cross. In chapter 5 of this same epistle in verse 24, Paul writes that those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You see, to carry your cross is to put aside fleshly desires, pleasures of life, things that the world pursues you will no longer pursue those things. You might find yourself giving in to those temptations, but you'll always come back because you crucified yourself. And then in chapter 6 of the book of Galatians, in verse 14, he writes, But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He was carrying his cross for Jesus as he came after that Jesus. In Acts, the 21st chapter, we see a, an example of this in this apostle's life as Paul was traveling toward Jerusalem. He would stop at different places. And at those different places, he would be told certain things about what was going to take place in Jerusalem. In chapter 21 of the book of Acts, in verse 4, after looking up the disciples, we stayed there seven days, and they kept telling Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. Why? Why not go to Jerusalem? In this same chapter in verse 10, now he's at the home of Philip. And as we were staying there for some days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and coming to us, he took Paul's belt, he bound his own feet and hands, and he said, this is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we had heard this, we as well as the local residents began begging him not to go up to Jerusalem. Now think about that challenge. Good people who are telling Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Do you not understand? Do you not see what's going to happen when you get there? But there was something that had taken place in Paul's life. He wished to come after Jesus. He had denied himself. He had crucified himself. He was carrying his cross. And Paul answered and said to them in verse 13, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? He was carrying his cross. Jesus told those in the church at Smyrna that they were going to suffer persecution. And he told them that many of them would die. But he said, Be faithful unto death unto the point at which you die for your faith and you'll receive the crown of glory. That's what it means to carry the cross of Jesus. And then our Lord finally said, if you wish to come after me, you must deny yourself, you must take up your cross daily, but you also, you must, you must follow me. Going to the example of Paul again, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, be imitators of me as I also am of Christ. Just as Jesus denied himself, 
just as Jesus carried his cross, Paul was willing to do the same. If you're here this morning and you've never obeyed the gospel, ask yourself, are you willing to do that? Is the crown of life worth the cost? If you honestly consider that, you know the answer. And the answer is that, that there is nothing that you will ever give up that will come close in measure to the joys of heaven, to the joys of eternal life. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, Peter writes, You've been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you. He denied himself. He carried his cross leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Jesus said, you must follow me. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. While being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. He put his life into the hands of his father. Where are we following Jesus? We're not just walking in his footsteps here on this earth. We're following Jesus so that we can be where he is at. He is seated at the right hand of God. And spiritually, when we obey the gospel, we're there as well. But ultimately, at the end of time, when time is no more, where do we want to be found? Where do we want to find ourselves? In Hebrews chapter 12, we're challenged to run with endurance the race that is set before us. It's a race where we're following Christ, fixing our eyes on Jesus because He's already there. He's already crossed the finish line the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where I want to follow Jesus. That's where I want to be. And that's what it's all about. It's not about being religious. It's not about a religious debate. It's not about showing people our spirituality and talking about it with great platitudes. It's just denying self, carrying that cross of suffering and shame and humiliation and then following Jesus because we want to be where he is at. And we're willing to imitate him if that's what it takes to be there. If you're here this morning and you're ready to confess your faith, to repent of your sins, and then to be baptized to have those sins washed away by the blood of Christ. Then this invitation is yours. Come as we stand and sing. Just as